Hi, I'm Matt Pacelli with the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to our Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Our guest this week is another former VSGA member with aspirations and opportunities to play professionally. In fact, the opportunity to play in this week's PGA Championship at the Ocean Course on Kiowa Island. We're talking with Larkin Gross, the 23-year-old assistant professional from Springfield Golf and Country Club in Northern Virginia, who earned his way to the PGA Championship after a third round 64 at the PGA Professional Championship in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Larkin and I spoke while he was driving to Kiowa the week before the PGA and got disconnected in the second half of the call, so I had to call him on my cell phone and record the conversation that way. But the change isn't too drastic. So, okay, here's my conversation with Larkin Gross. Larkin Gross, thank you for taking the time to join us on Golf in the Commonwealth this week. And you're in your car right now. Tell us where you're where you're headed to. I'm actually heading to Kiowa Island, uh, to the ocean course, to get ready for PGA Championship this week. I'm actually driving halfway down to Fayetteville tonight, and then I'm meeting my girlfriend there, and we're going to drive the rest of the way tomorrow. That is that is awesome. So you are a PGA professional. You work presently. Tell folks about your situation right now. I am an assistant golf professional at Springfield Golf and Country Club in Northern Virginia. Um, I have been there. This will be my third full season there, and it is my fourth season, you know, fourth summer season there because I did an internship there my sophomore year. Um, So I do a lot with tournaments. I do a lot of, um, you know, in-the-shop stuff. I run our WGA 18, which is our Women's Golf Association, which is awesome. Um, And I give lessons here and there, not as many as – as some of the other people on staff, but I try to keep it, you know, a little bit lighter because I'm gone a decent amount, and especially this year I've been gone so much. So, but um, no, it's it's awesome. I love, absolutely love being a PGA professional. It's a lot of fun. Before we get to you qualifying to go to the to pl- compete in the PGA Championship, let's talk a little bit about how you got into golf. Where did you grow up? How did you start playing? Things like that. So I grew up in Tappahannock, Virginia, um, which is about 45, 50, 50 minutes east of Richmond, uh, towards the Chesapeake Bay. I actually grew up on the Rappahannock River, and I grew up playing at Hobbs Hole Golf Course, and my dad got me into the game. He was a high school golf coach for the high school that I ended up going to later. He wasn't when I was there, but he uh, coached the golf team there, um, and I kind of got my start going out with him and you know, practicing when they had practice, which was really cool. And, you know, big thanks to those guys because having a little five, six-year-old kid tag along all the time can be annoying, but they were good about it. So um, that's kind of how I got started playing out of Hobbs Hole and, you know, learning from Troy Thorne and my dad, who Troy Thorne's the PGA professional there. Um, and that's how I kind of got into it, playing in the, the Junior River Tour events before I started playing in BSGA stuff. Um, but that's my beginning, basically, how I found the game and kind of fell in love with it. And Troy still plays a lot competitively himself so he was probably a good person to sort of model your you know your career goals if you will after in terms of the amount that you can still play and the level that you can compete at as a pga professional troy and i always you know we have battles whenever we play together we always try to play together as much as possible because we're good competitors for each other um, it took me a long time to figure out how to beat him. 
you know, how to how to kind of get that extra edge on. And, then, you know, still to this day, even as good as I feel as I am, you know, nobody gives me more fits on the golf course than Troy Thorne. So, <laughs> um, and he's awesome. And, like, we have a great relationship. Uh, I worked for him for a while in high school. But uh, we try and play as much golf together as we can because we're good, you know, we're good for each other as far as competitive. You know, we both bring out the best in each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so you went on and you played college golf at Methodist, which is a, you know, Division three powerhouse in terms of golf programs. Talk a little bit about your 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 time at Methodist. Um, it was amazing. You know, I can't I can't stress enough um, how important that decision was. Um, I was looking at going to a couple of different schools in Virginia. Um, and I was kind of fighting with the decision of whether I wanted to try and play D1 and focus on golf and just kind of do a business major or to do PGM and play at Methodist. And, uh, Coach Conley, Steve Conley, is awesome. Um, and, you know, the decision to go there was based a lot on his experience and the fact that they've, you know, have won so many national championships. And, you know, they've been so many times. Um, and I can safely say now, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but I made the right decision. I had learned so much there. Uh, Coach Conley was a huge part in making me the player I am today, um, especially with my short game and putting and things like that. Um, and just the competition that you get playing with all those great players every single day, you know, it helped me become a better player. And I, you know, I owe a lot to the entire staff there, not only um, Coach, but, you know, Mr. Bruns, Bob Bruns, and then Jerry Hogg, uh, Tom Anchowskis, who's the women's coach, all, everyone there, uh, Brock White, you know, they, they helped make me the player I am, and, you know, they helped me further my career, and like I said, it just was, it was an awesome decision. I can't, like I said, I can't, can't say it enough, you know, how great of a decision it was for me personally, so... How many national championships did you all win while you were there? Um, so I was a part of one my junior year. Um, we had just a great team. Um, we won three or four times that year, I think. Um, and we just had a great group of guys. We're all good players. Um, we got along with each other. And, you know, we we just played great team golf. You know, we had a lot of good individual players, too, but... I think we played well as a team and we meshed really well. Um, so we won my junior year and I went all four years to the national championship on the team. Um, and my senior year, I think we finished fourth or fifth. And then my freshman year, we finished fifth. I think my sophomore year, we finished seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and they, they won the year before I got there. Um, and I was able to be a part of one my junior year. So it was, it was an awesome experience. You know, okay. being a part of a team and winning at that level was really cool. At what point in that journey, and it looked like you were a, a marketing major, is that correct? Yeah, I actually, I double majored in um, marketing okay. and business administration. At what point in that journey did you decide or really begin to look at golf as a uh, career future and start to identify different sort of um, facets within the industry as to this is where you wanted to go with golf? 
Yeah, and, you know, uh, going through high school and, you know, being a kid, obviously you always dream of being on tour and, you know, playing professionally. Um, but it's hard, you know, and there's a lot of great players. Um, and I think my decision my senior year of high school to kind of do PGM, Professional Golf Management Program at Methodist, um, was important because to me it allowed me to continue to be around the game and continue to play the game at a high level even if I didn't go to the tour, you know, and I, you know, and I've got a lot of friends who, a lot of guys I grew up with um, and played with in VSGA junior tournaments who are playing, you're still great amateurs who are playing in all the VSGA stuff and the USGA stuff. Um, but, you know, I think I always wanted to, to be around golf as much as possible. I just, I love the game. I love to play and being in the industry allows me to do that every day. I get to go to work and be around the game I love. And I could, you know, that's kind of what the decision came down to is, Hey, I can literally make the thing that I love to do the most, my job, mm -hmm. even if I'm not playing at a high level, as far as on the PGA tour and playing professionally and making money that way, you know, I can do it as my, I can make it my lifestyle. And that's kind of what I wanted. And, you know, like I said, I'm only a year in really, but, I could, you know, it's been great so far. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it was as, it was as recent as 2019 that you competed in the, uh, I think it was the VSGA amateur championship mm -hmm. at Keswick. And then now you are a PGA professional. Talk a little bit about that. What was that decision? Like, maybe it wasn't even a decision, but was to say, Hey, look, I'm going to be done as as an amateur, and now I'm going to pursue this aspect of of golf. Yeah, and you know, it's um, I loved playing in all the amateur events because you know it was kind of cool because I was doing internships kind of all around. Like I went to Chicago one year. Um, I was up in Northern Virginia, and I was also in southeastern Virginia. So playing in those amateur events when I was still in college and being on the golf team, you know, I couldn't turn professional yet. I was still playing college golf. So until my eligibility ran out, I couldn't turn professional. Um, so, but playing in those amateur events, especially the Virginia state open or Virginia state amateur and Virginia state open as an amateur, um, I got to see a bunch of guys that I grew up playing, you know, in VSGA tournaments with, I got to see, you know, Mark Lawrence and, uh, Parker C, uh, Tom Crow, you know, I got to see all those guys who I grew up, came up with playing in those tournaments with. So it was always kind of cool to see him because, you know, you don't see him for a year and then you come back and you get to play golf with him, play practice rounds and stuff like that. Um, so that was always fun. But then as I used my eligibility for college golf, um, in 2019, I wanted to play the Virginia State Amateur because I'd never made it to match play. So that was my goal was to make it to match play. Um, and then I wanted to play in – there was one other amateur event later that year. I wanted to try for the U.S. Amateur which I'd never done before. And then I wanted to play in the, I think it was the Mid-Atlantic Am at Westwood. That was my final amateur event, was the Mid-Atlantic Am at Westwood um, in 2019. And that was a cool little, you know, send-off. I got to play in the final group the third day with Michael Brennan, who was an insanely good player mm -hmm. um, and a great guy. And uh, I got to play in the second-to-last group the last day. Um, and, you know, had a top five finish to kind of close out my amateur career, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, so after that event was over, I actually turned professional literally the next day. Um, declared professional so I could begin to give lessons at the club and I could play in some 
um, big, some of the bigger money games that we were having around the section. Um, so that was, you know, that was where the decision came from. And I had to turn professional anyways uh, that January when I graduated. Because once you graduate, you file for Class A. And when you do that, you have to be a professional. Because um, once you say, I work in the golf industry as a Class A, you're automatically a professional once you get that Class A status. Um, so I just did it. I turned professional a little bit early because, like I said, we had, we were having some tournaments where I could have the chance to win some money. So I played a couple of those and did actually win some money, which was awesome. Um, but that's kind of where that decision came from. Okay. Tell us about your time as playing professionally now. What what do you look for in events? I looks like you play in still a lot of MAPGA events, but how do you sort of build out a uh, a schedule alongside of the responsibilities you have at Springfield? Yeah, and you know it's all about balancing you know what you have to do for the club and then kind of what you want on a personal level as far as playing. And, um, I have a great director of golf, Josh Tremblay, who really makes it possible for me to do all this stuff. Without him, it wouldn't be possible. Um, and we have a great membership at Springfield who really enjoys that I, you know, am playing competitively and still kind of putting my name out there because, you know, I carry, I carry Springfield with me wherever I go pretty much. So, you know, they like that I do that, and it's cool for them to kind of see my name, especially when I was playing a couple of weeks ago at the PNC, and, you know, it had Springfield Golf and Country Club under my name after I played so well the third day. Um, so they like that, and I couldn't do it without that support. Um, but I kind of, you know, I play in basically every MAPGA section event I can play in um, that I'm eligible for. And then I play in some of the national events, so like the Winter Series down at PGA Golf Club I played in this year. I played in the National Winter Stroke Play. Um, I played in the Four Ball, and then I played in actually in the Senior Junior Championship with Rick Schuler back in January, which is a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> but that's kind of how I build my schedule, so I play as many MAPGA section events as I can, and then I fill it out with other professional events. Like I played a couple mini-tour events this winter when I wasn't working. Um, which was a lot of fun. And I'm going to play in the Virginia State Open this year, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I had to make a tough decision between the Maryland State Open and the Virginia State Open, and I decided to do the Virginia State Open, so I'm really pumped to get down to Independence and play there soon. Um, but, yeah, it's you know it's just making sure that as long as my responsibilities at work are taken care of, you know, I can play as much as I want. You know, if I'm off, the members like to play with me and they like to play with um, our other assistant, Ian McConnell, because he's a good player as well, and we both play in a lot of section stuff. As long as I'm taking care of my stuff on my end, I can pretty much I have the freedom to play as much as I want. So that's great. So you talked about building out the schedule. When you build out the schedule and you consider opportunities to try to qualify for the PGA Championship, how uh, d- does does that get circled with a big marker and that's you know here's what i'm going to have to do to try to do this talk a little bit about that um that journey if you will or that preparation yeah well in those certain events you know we have events throughout the year that have big flagship events that um are qualifiers for other big events so 
um, our section championship for the section, you know, where all the best players in the section get together, we qualify, and we try and qualify for the spots to play in the Club Pro National Championship, which is how we qualify for the PGA Championship, the big, you know, the major PGA Championship. Um, so you have to be one of the top, I think, nine pros in our section, which we have a pretty large section, to get to the PNC, Professional National Championship, and then when you're there, you have to be the top 20 out of 312 professionals there to get to the PGA Championship. So you're right, you know, those those events, you know, those qualifiers that are also, you know, kind of our flagship events for the PGA of America, those, you're right, they do get, they have a big circle around them, you know, that's when you want to peak, you want to play as good as you can in those events, because that's what gets you into the bigger stuff, you know, you keep moving up and up and up. Um, and then also, like, uh, I love the match play event that we have, our, our section match play is great, um, so that gets circled with a big circle. Um, you know, Corn Ferry Q School, which I'm going to do this year because I'm exempt into second stage of Corn Ferry Q School, that's going to have a big circle around it. And, you know, the prep leading up to that doesn't change in a from a standpoint that I'm actually changing what I'm doing to prepare. I'm just prepping more often. You know, when I have time, like I love to play golf in general, so I'm playing golf all the time. As much as I can, if I can be out there, I want to be out there. But, you know, if, if we have a hard work week or, like, a busy work week, you know, I kind of have to pick and choose how I'm prepping, when I'm prepping, and then I kind of ramp up as we get closer and closer. Um, but it's mostly, you know, taking the time that I have, whether it's an hour one day, three hours the next day, something like that, and making sure that I'm working on the parts of my game that are most important, you know, putting, chipping, um, keeping the ball in play, and, you know, kind of mentally preparing to – for the exact course that I'm playing. So, for example, getting ready for this coming week at the PGA Championship, I went and played Creighton Farms. I played uh, RTJ Golf Club, Trump National, and TPC Potomac at Avenal Farm because those are, you know, tour-level facilities. They, you know, they have the firm and fast greens. The fairways run firm. Um, and there's that tour-level length. You know, I played Trump at 7,800 yards. Um, so I'm getting used to what I'm going to see next week. And that's how that's, you know, this is a different kind of scenario, um, because I'm, I'm completely changing the PGA championship's not going to be anything like I've seen before. So I was trying to get myself in situations to play courses that would prepare me correctly. Um, but that's kind of, you're right. That's the law. The short answer is in the week or two leading up to those big events, I'm really trying to ramp up preparation and focus on the parts of my game that needs the most attention and then just kind of maintenance on the rest of it tell us about your rounds in what was it the p the pcc that earned you the spot you know you made made the top 20 to make it into the pga championship tell us about those rounds the first round i had my dad on the bag with me um and the first round you know he was still kind of learning the golf course a little bit um, and I knew it very well because I played there a lot in the winter. So the first round was good. I made a, you know, I lost a couple shots just from not making a lot of putts the first round, but I hit it well enough that I shot even the first round, which is great. It was a great starting round. Um, second round, I played really, really well. Ended the round with a double, though, which is a little disappointing. But, um, 
you know, so starting out with two even rounds and being at that even par mark through two rounds was huge because I was so nervous the first day. I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I, I had never been in a situation like I've played in four national championships. I've never been as nervous as I was standing on that first tee the first day. Um, cause it's a big deal. So you were talking about being even through the first two rounds. Uh, tell us about, so was it three rounds? It was a four round event. Yeah. Four round event. You're even yeah. par through two rounds. Where does that put you and how are you feeling going into quote unquote the weekend? So I was uh, tied for 90, um, and I felt really good, you know, again, because I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, obviously I felt really good about my game coming in, but I wasn't sure I was going to handle the pressure. Um, so I felt great about where I was. You know, I put myself in a good position, just needed two solid rounds to finish. And uh, But I was struggling a little bit with, you know, trusting my swing. And my dad and I got there early to the range the third day, and we were like, you know, we're really going to work on trusting the swing, making good, committed passes at the ball. Um, and something clicked that third round, and I started out birdie-birdie, doubled the third hole because I rip-hooked one into the houses on the left, so that was good. Um, and then after that, I was kind of off to the races. I um, made nine more birdies in my next 16 holes, to finish with 11 for the round, and I was just kind of, you know, I was just in the zone. I, you know, I played well, and I, I was making putts, which typically is where I struggle with. You know, I hit my irons great. I drove the ball pretty well, other than one or two drives for that entire day. Um, but the putter was hot, which was nice, and then I was also hitting it close. And when you do, when you're doing both of those, you can shoot some really good numbers. And that's what I did. You know, I shot 64, eight under with a double. Um, and that really, that vaulted me up to tied for second going into the last day. And that was when I kind of knew, and I try not to think about it, but that was when I knew, okay, like this is, this has become a reality. Like we're here. Like I was seven shots back from Omar who was leading and who ended up eventually winning, but I still knew, you know, Hey, there's a lot more at stake than just winning. You know, there's a lot of, there's money on the line. There's a PGA championship spot open. So, you know, I went out that last day and really just tried to focus on playing golf and just playing solid. And the last day I didn't play great. You know, I, I struggled with my tee shots a little bit. I struggled with my nerves just because I was trying to make sure I didn't do too much and also not too less at the same time. So, um, but, you know, I did enough to get in and I think I shot 76 the last day. Um, but, you know, I finished four under for the tournament, you know, in the biggest tournament that I've, I've played in my life. I mean, it was. It was the it was the tournament with the most on the line that I've ever played in my life. And I'm very happy with the way I performed and really happy with the outcome. That's that's awesome. And so then what does – what is the reality of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to the PGA Championship? What, what? What does your life become for the next couple of weeks between then and, you know, where you are right now? I know. And, you know, it's crazy. And it took it took a while to set in. It didn't quite hit me um, until a couple of days after I got back and the members started coming up and saying, holy cow, do you know how cool it was to see you on TV and all this stuff? And, um, like, even after the third round, my dad looked at me and goes, dude, do you have any idea what you just did? 
and I was trying, and I told him, I was like, no. I was like, I'm not thinking about it. Like, we need to not think about it because we still got one round to go. And, you know, I was getting all these text messages from people, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're doing so great. And I'm like, you know, one more round. Like, I kept telling them that was my response. I was like, I need one more good round. You know, it's not over. Um, and I think that, that that thinking about that and not letting myself, you know, get too far ahead of myself is what made a big difference. And then that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. Like, obviously, I'm super excited. I'm playing the PGA Championship, you know, and it's that kind of holy cow moment. But I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself because I know that's dangerous. You know, if I start to think about, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be teeing it up with the big boys, then you start to think about all the things, you know, all the different things like, oh, gosh, I've waited my whole life for this. And then so I'm trying to focus on the process and just getting ready. You know, getting ready. If I go out and play great golf for the first two days, I'm, I know I'm going to make the cut. You know, it's it's one of those things where I feel like my game's in a really good spot right now. And the distance shouldn't hurt me too badly because I hit it pretty far. Um, so as long as I go out and I manage my game and I manage my emotions well, I'm going to, I'll make the cut. You know, I, I don't, I think he has a really hard golf course and a lot can, can happen there. Even with the pros, the pros, you know, last time it was there, it was six over was the cut. Um, so if I go out and I play well and I play, you know, as good as I can play, I'm not worried about it. It's just playing as good as I can play. There's a lot that goes into that for me compared to the pros. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm ready. I'm excited. I think, you know, I've got a good chance. It's funny. My my odds in Vegas are 1,000 to 1. So I told people, go put $5 on me. I was like, it can't hurt. Um, so, I, and like I said, you know, I did another interview for Sirius XM, and they, he asked me, uh, David Marr asked me, what are your expectations for this week? And I was like, well, they're high and low. You know, obviously I have high expectations for myself because I know I can play. Um and I've proven to myself that I can play. But it's also low because, you know, again, we're now – this will now be the most important tournament I've ever played in my life. So I don't know how I'm going to react. Um, I don't know emotionally how I'll react. So, like I said, if I go out and have a good couple of days, it's going to be great. If not, you know, I'm 23 years old. Hopefully this won't be the only time I'm here. Yeah. What – when you get there in your – preparation leading up to the first round what are you trying to learn of the golf course well you know there's a couple different aspects for me um i'm really trying to focus on getting used to the green speeds for one getting used to the distance you know just being getting used to hitting long irons into four level greens um especially because they're peat die greens they're very narrow they're tiny you know and there's a, they're angled, most of them, so coming into those greens with long irons is not the easiest thing. I hit it pretty high, so I'm not too worried about it. But, you know, mostly for me what it's going to come down to is, A, can I get the ball in play? And, B, can I putt it solidly? Because um, I basically live and die by the putter for the most part. Most of my game is solid. Um, I just I struggle with putts, you know, in that – six to 15 feet range. So that's going to be a big part of my preparation is getting there and getting comfortable on those greens from that distance, you know, going and spending time on the putting green and seeing some balls go in the hole before each round and during each practice round, you know, hitting putts to different spots on the green so I'm ready for whatever pin placements they pick. Um, because I feel like if I putt well, I'm going to 
I'm going to do pretty well. Just, you know, as long as I'm keeping it in play and putting it well, I like my chances because my irons are probably what I would say are the strong, strongest part of my game. So if I can just get it in play and steal some putts, like I said, I think I'm going to do a really good job. So that's, that's my prep. You know, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the greens and a lot of time picking the best lines and the best clubs off the tee boxes. Is there any one guy or a couple of guys in the field that you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, what if I get paired with them? What if I'm playing around them? Any Anything like that? Yeah, um, so it's funny. Uh, I've been sending direct messages on Instagram to some of the pros just thinking, you know, I could get lucky and somebody could respond. Um, and, you know, just asking to play a practice round, that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be cool to see DJ in person, I think. Um, and it's going to be cool to see, you know, Rory and those guys. And I wish Tiger was going to be there this year. You know, obviously he's hurt, so he won't be. Um, but I sent a direct message to Lonto Griffin, who was about possibly playing a practice round, and he hasn't responded yet, which I know their Instagram messages get flooded all the time, so... But um, that would be pretty cool because, you know, he's a Virginia guy, and I grew up watching his name on the, the leaderboards and stuff like that. So it would be pretty cool. But, you know, there's a bunch of guys that I love. Like, I love Kevin Kisner. It'll be cool to see him and hopefully maybe get to chat with him once or twice. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting experience seeing those guys in real life and not only seeing them in real life, but, you know, sharing the same practice facilities as them. You're the envy of a lot of people, I'm sure, who – you know, would either love the opportunity to play the ocean course uh, for four or five days straight or who would love to try to compete against uh, the the guys on tour. But congratulations so much for your great playing and for what you've got going. This is really exciting, and we're excited to, to be able to follow you and to be able to celebrate with you as well. Yeah, and, you know, I appreciate that, and I appreciate everything the VSGA has done for me. You know, I I grew up coming up through junior golf and VSGA and playing in the one-day events, and, you know, I was a part of the that whole, you know, junior golfer membership, and, you know, it was awesome. And all those guys, uh, Matt Smiley, Kent Holabar, you know, those are those are the guys when I was growing up, and it's cool to see them now and, you know, that I'm a PGA professional as well. And, you know, I can't say thank you enough to – the organization as a whole. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Golf in the Commonwealth. And big thanks to Larkin Gross. I hope you'll take a second and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please rate us and leave a review. VSGA Championship and event season is happening right now. And member guest season is on the horizon. And you'll need an active handicap index for most of those, especially our events. So remember to visit your VSGA member club to renew your VSGA membership for 2021 or visit VSGA.org and renew online. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the fairway soon.